We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for the Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division One ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. Jeff Goodman here with the Field of 68 in the latest edition of Off the Carousel with New Jackson State head coach and former NBA player Mo Williams. Mo, how are you, man? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Good to, good to have you. Good to catch up. And uh, still kind of cool, in my opinion. I always feel that way when, when guys like you – listen, it's easy for guys like you to me to coach a high major, right? That's mm -hmm. easy. That, that's an easy one. For me, to watch you grind it like you have over the last few years, and I know you're going to tell me you haven't grinded it, and I know how much you love this, but you were an assistant at Cal State Northridge right after you retired. Right. I know I haven't looked at your bank account, but I know you got some money in there. I know you don't, okay. you're don't. you not doing do, it for the I money. Do okay. I do okay. <laughs> so you, you did two years at Northridge. Then you get the head job uh, at, at, at Alabama State. Correct. And now you're at Jackson State, also in the SWAC. But first, go back and tell me when you first thought you would get into coaching. That came probably my sixth year in the NBA. Um, I started a program in Dallas, Texas. I had my own gym. I built the gym, outfitted it. And um, when, I, when I got the gym, it was just for me to work out in all season. And I used to have – I started uh, – I'm going to put this out there. I started – the NBA players getting together in the summer and playing. I was the first one to do it. Um, you can, I, I heard Draymond um, mention it on a, on a podcast or an interview he had that he got the idea from me because he came to mind. And what we did was we called it Grind Week. And it was a week long. 
We had all NBA players coming in and we just worked out together and we worked out together. We played ball together and we kicked it at night and we had fun doing it. And that thing kind of took our butt. The coaching part to answer your question, then it turned into the youth basketball aspect where guys just started to flow into the gym just to work out and be around because I was still playing at the time. And all of a sudden, I had connections. I had connections at uh at Nike at the time, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna start a program." And my first year in the program, I had the likes of Emmanuel Mudiay, that was a top pick. Terrence Ferguson, that's a top pick. PJ Washington, that's you know was was a top pick. Tyrese Maxey uh, played on my team, and a host of other guys that's still in college playing today. And when I started that program, every year the season was over, whether I was in the playoffs or not. Soon as that day was over, I was going to Dallas and I was coaching my teams at practice every single day. So that's where the passion was, and it began for me. And I and when I retired, it was the aspect of I know I want to coach what level, right? And um, I know I could have went on an NBA bench or been a player developer, whatever the case may be. But I wanted to impact kids because I was doing it already at youth level and what I realized is a lot of guys that I had on the youth level they was getting lost in transaction in college some kind of way and just kind of falling off so I wanted to touch guys in that realm of college right before they meet life right you know meet that that word called life and see if I can help them in that in that regard so that's what brought me to to where I am today no, it's listen, you know, you can impact a whole lot more at the college level than you can at the NBA level. Um, Absolutely. Not, not to say you guys all, all, all think you it's know everything. Though. It's different. It's different. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you, you realize when you, when you're coaching 18, 19, 18 to 23 year olds in that realm, you realize that they really not adults. Right. They really don't know. And the difference is, as a pro, no matter how young that pro is, they have a lot of say-so in where they want to go. And it's on them to, to, to accept coaching and to accept development. On a collegiate level, they don't have a choice because they don't know. They're, they're looking. They're searching. They, they want that. Whether they insubordinate at times or they're knucklehead or they just take all of it in, which the guys that we love. But it's just a difference. All right, so last two years you've been the head coach at Alabama State. What's it been like? What, what's the biggest thing that you've learned being a head coach? Just experience, right? You know, with anything, when I took the job, that's all they can say about me. Well, he don't have any head coaching experience. Well, I was a rookie in the NBA at one point in time too, right? right? That turned into a 14-year NBA career, one-time All-Star and an NBA champion one time. So – at the end of the day, you want to get the you only the only way you get experience by going through it. You got to go through year one, year two. So um, all that experience brought me to today where I am a lot better as a coach, as a uh, communicator to these young adults, like I mentioned. And those things is going to keep progressing, you know, and this is something I have a passion for. This is something I foresee myself doing for a long time until I, you know, decide that. You know, I want to focus on my kids, um, but at the same time, my kids call me every single week and tell me to put some on their green light card. You know, so <laughs> so for me, you know, it's more so of uh, showing my kids too, in a way, in a way, Jeff, showing my kids um, how to work. You know, how to get up every day and have a purpose. 
and, and I love what I do. I have a passion what I do. I follow you uh, and you work your tail off. And I know you have kids of your own and your kids look at dad. Yeah, he's gone. He's doing this. He's doing that. But they going to respect the fact that he got up every single day and worked. I think my daughter finally realized that, Mo, when I, I took her out, she's all of a sudden gotten to the point where she thinks she wants to do what I do. So I took her on a few trips and uh, one of them, I took her to Chicago for the, for the sweet 16. And it was like, you know, games, some practices, whatever press conferences. And by the end of the night, it was 11 o'clock and she had passed out. I'm still doing a show from 11 till 1230. She's passed out in the bed. So I think like you said, they need to be around you to, to see it, um, to, to understand it. And for you, like I said, and I say this to anybody, I mean, I, I'm not saying it because I'm on with you now, but I, I got so much respect for you because, again, you don't have to do this. You could you could fly in like a lot of former NBA players and jet in for a day or two, you know, be around an AU program and, 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 and then jet out and do your thing, go party, go you know, live the life, right, of a former and, NBA and, player. But. And you're, you're, you're absolutely correct because uh, being a head coach is one thing, but it's a lot that entails with that, right? It's a lot of day-to-day -day that goes on, especially at our level. That's right. Being a head coach, you have to do so much. It's so much on your shoulders. I'm not at the University of Alabama where I have 17 people no. that's worked that's under me that I can delegate so many things where I can focus on one thing. So it's not as sweet as people think you got to actually want to do this you got no more private planes hey no more private oh, planes for you listen you got to get on that bus and drive six yeah. seven hours you got to get up at four in the morning to catch a 6 a.m flight to go to the next you got to be prepared to yeah. go on the road for 13 straight road games before conference play you got to be able to do that you got to want to do that so being a head coach is one thing but actually being a head coach is another if that makes sense no doubt no doubt all right, so the big question, I know the answer, I think, but tell people why you left Alabama State for Jackson State because a lot of people would look within the league. They don't know the SWAC that well. They don't know where you're from. Why did you make that change? Well, obviously it's home. Um, I was born and raised in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, my mom, my parents, everybody here, my dad, my sister, my brother, um, friends that I grew up with, it's home. I'm actually from Jackson, Mississippi, not Mississippi, but Jackson, Mississippi, where Jackson State is located. My mom and my dad graduated from Jackson State. My mom and my dad met at Jackson State. My mom graduated in 1981. I was born in 1982. You know, so this goes way beyond anything. You know, so for any job that I would have took, because I was perfectly fine at Alabama State, I was building something special. We had a team coming back um, that that potentially could win it. So with me, it was just the only job that I would have left for within the conference uh, per se. I wasn't searching for a job. It just organically happened. You know, the uh, head coach that was here, which I knew since I was a kid, which is a great friend of mine, Wayne Grant, he retired. He didn't Love get fired. Yeah. You know, so it just, when you just do good things and live right, things just organically happen for you without even trying. By the way, totally on a tangent here, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Renardo Sidney, you remember mm -hmm. him? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. I still say, and tell me, push back if you, if he, you believe him wrong. He's the best player to ever come out of Mississippi. He might be, listen, all-time talents, 
that I saw, and I covered recruiting for years, all-time talents, I'm telling you, that dude might have been top five or ten I ever saw at 16 years old. No, no, you saw him at 16. I'm talking about a 13-year-old that's out there giving it to grown man in the city. Like, we knew that 6'9", six, 6'10", six, I'm talking about handling the play it one like through magic. five. Right. I'm telling you, he was a special basketball player. Obviously, it's unfortunate with his career. We didn't get to see it flourish, or the world didn't, didn't, didn't get to see it flourish. But definitely, man, you, you hit one on the head. He, oh. he, you know, he's the one. He's the one that had a really good chance to be really special. All right, so I would say I will put the head coaching duo, the basketball-football duo at Jackson State athletically, against any duo in the country and whatever you want to put them, you know, it can be a decathlon, whatever you want to put it athletically, I'm putting you and Dion in primetime against anybody. I don't care who it is. No doubt. What, what's it like with you and Dion as the head coaches there? He's obviously taking Jackson state quick up, like getting the number one recruit in the country. Like that's insane at Jackson state. How, how can you learn from what he's done and, I don't know if try to duplicate it is the right word, but certainly try to do some of the same things he's done. Well, it's not more so duplicate. I think that's the wrong word to use. More so just absorbing, right? Just being a sponge, you know, just kind of being around. I'm not a guy and I've never been a guy to think I know every damn thing, right? I'm always learning. I'm always getting better. You know, one thing about Prime, we talk about myself at Prime. We talk about our women's basketball coach, Miss Tamika Reed, Coach Reed. Listen, She's won the conference three years in a row. In three years, she only lost three games. In the NCAA tournament this year, she played LSU first round and had them down 10 with four minutes to go in the game. You know, so for when you talk about the three main sports on our campus, and I can go on and on with volleyball, which, which they've won championships over and over and over again, and our athletic director is, is – he was up for athletic director of the year. You know, so for us, what we're doing over here is – I mean, it's, it's out this world. We, we don't not only want to be the best HBCU or the premier HBCU, but we want to be looked at as one of the best universities in the country. And that's what we talk about when we recruit. So that's one thing I get from Dion when we talk and we have our conversations is not only just changing the mindset, because we, we recruit guys that other schools are recruiting. And when we get them on campus, we actually change their mind frame because Everybody has this notion of what HBCU is. And when they get on campus and get around us and see what type of thing we're doing, it never fails. They always say, oh, wow, coach. I really was thinking something else before I came, and this is, has really opened, opened my eyes to what you guys are accomplishing, your guys want to do, and your guys' goals. And every – I had to come in and sign eight guys, and I brought six guys on official visit. And five of them committed on the visit, you know, just because when they got here and got to understand, oh, wow, okay, I like this. I really like this. And they had other options. Well, I think, you know, it, it's got to help you in recruiting to have Prime doing what he's already doing too. And, and oh, like absolutely. you said, the women's. Without, without a doubt. And you know, you have, I can, I can hear it in your voice, just all you know about the school already, you have that pride because you are from there. So, like, yes. you have history that you can reflect but, back well, to. Absolutely. Listen, ever since, <clears throat> ever since I can walk and talk, um, I've, I've attended every 
Jackson State football game and basketball game growing up. You know, it, it was 10 minutes from my house. You know, so for me and my parents are, are diehard Jackson State alumni. You know, so I grew up, you know, at this university. I, I have memories of every homecoming week. And I don't know what other homecomings are going on. It's nothing like a Jackson State homecoming. When I was at the University of Alabama as a student athlete, I didn't miss Jackson State homecoming when I was there. Yeah, I don't care who we was playing that weekend. I was going home. That's you know, cool. so for me, Jackson State has always been a part of my life. And and going a little bit further, even when I was in the NBA, I've always donated to the University of Jackson State. I sent them when my gym, when I took the head coaching job and my gym closed down and I had a court, I had four goals, I had scoreboards, I had weight um, equipment, you name it, 16,000 square foot space. I sent all this stuff and donated to the University of Jackson State. You know, so that's how much – and not with the notion that I'll be coaching here one day. Right, right. You know, so for me, I was going somewhere else to coach, and I sent it here because I've always been a big supporter of, obviously, D.I. Love. And when I say D.I. Love, that's Jackson State. Last question I have for you. As a former player who, who again, played at a high level, didn't get a dollar at Alabama, um, well, absolutely at least, not. At least I don't. I, <laughs> that's why I was smiling. That was the only reason I was smiling. I wanted you to say absolutely not. Um, you know, played in the NBA for a long time. Now coaching kids who are able, and I know at your level, it probably hasn't trickled down yet to whereas the NIL is affecting you yet, but you're seeing the numbers around the country. You're seeing. But it's everybody. always a question. It's always a question from the kids, you know, about NIL and, Obviously, they just trying. I'm gonna let you finish your question too. Yeah. But obviously, they trying to, you know, trying to uh, what I what word I want to say. Try to bottle it in a little bit, sure. you know, whatever. And then we'll see how what's that what that looks yeah, like. Yeah, they want a free, you know, they might want you know free uh, deal for Subway or something. Who knows? Yeah. But everybody they're seeing it at, at a certain level and they're thinking, can I get a little piece of the pie? I'm sure, right? For can sure. I get something here? Which again, you can't blame them. They're able to get that now. That's business like see what you can get at fair market value some kids are getting more than their market value right now and, and i think that'll change maybe in a year or two who knows but what what's your overall take on this is this good for college basketball right now mo that kids are getting paid which is great but it's becoming i don't know i mean i i feel like again it, it's it's getting a little bit out of hand because you've got these collectives that are raising money for these schools and just doling out money to kids that really haven't earned it yet, especially coming in as recruits. Like they haven't, I agree. it's based I agree. on your recruiting rank. I agree. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's not regulated enough yet. Right. right? Um, there's not enough rules in place. And I, and I don't think they know what rules to set for at the moment. Um, so I think it's just kind of, you know, for lack of better words, it's the wild, wild west right now. You know, it's kind of, and and, it, and it's, it hasn't triggered down our level. It's more on a bigger level. You see the, you know, Saban and, you know, the coaches in the SEC feeling a certain way. But, listen, the doors is open. But you expect him not to take advantage of it when That's he right. can. So I don't blame him for that. If I was in a position at Jackson State to take advantage of it, absolutely I would. Yeah. Um, but to say, you know, I, I look at it from a different lens. I look at it as a parent that has a son at the University of Alabama right now about to graduate. 
And I look at my time of, guess what? He didn't have a scholarship. So every semester I'm paying 10 to 12, 15 grand for him to go to school. Not only that, I'm paying for his apartment every month that come up. Not only that, I'm I'm selling him, you know, three, four hundred dollars for gas and and, and extracurricular activity he want to get involved with. So when I look at that standpoint from that lens, I look at it as a fact of you got a talented player, no matter if he earned it or not, but it's out there. We can go from guys that's in the NBA that's getting deals and people say, how did he get that much? He don't deserve that much. Whatever the case may be, it was available for him. He got it. Sure. It's, 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 it's not up to you to decide how much he gets, right? But from the, the point I'm making is I look at those parents that if their son goes to a, a college, when I went to college, I wouldn't get nothing. It wasn't no NIL deal out there where they don't have to come out their pocket, not only not to pay for school, but they don't have to worry about their kid because these kids like to go buy PlayStations Five, they go, they like to go buy the best Jordan that come out. You know, they when school out, they like to go on their little vacation. That costs money, so that comes out of parents' pockets. So if if kids can be in a position where their parents don't have to come out their pocket for anything, and when they do get that money, now we can teach them financial literacy. Now you get money in school. You're in school for a reason. So now we can teach you how to take care of this money. Maybe go put some of this money in stock. Maybe go, obviously, the crypto is big. Maybe learn more about that. Whatever the case may be, hey, go buy you a $10,000 rental property and learn how to get in real estate. So I think that's the next level to it, not try to regulate the money they get. Just be get get an understanding or get a, 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 a new um, job title on campus where you are teaching these kids how to uh, uh, delegate their money instead of getting that money and going and doing all the crazy things in the world. You know, so I look at it from a different lens, obviously. No, and I, I like wish that. my son had an NIL deal. Yeah. I like that, though, because you're right. You, you know it because you lived it. Once you get into the league, it's hard, man. It's hard because everybody's coming after you then. You don't know what to do, who to give your money sometimes, where at least in college you can start to learn that ahead of time. That may be a lower number, but it's exactly. still learn the but, basics. But you, but you have your guys like, like you know, the top three picks in the draft this year, you know, or, or I use Alabama, for example, because I followed him, like J.D. Davidson. Like yeah. he has good NIL deals over there. So he can be smart enough. Or make his mistakes young. That's right. And when he do get the big payday, he don't be like myself when I was a rookie where I didn't know what to do with it. I had to learn, right? Yeah. So now he goes into it, everything already in place. Maybe he takes some classes at school because he's getting the money yep. where that helps him. Maybe he, okay, I'm going to go in business finance and I'm going to learn how to do what, how much money in these taxes, how to do my taxes, how to write off certain things. Okay, I'm going to just start me a business, start me an LLC and write this off so I can lower my taxes. I didn't learn none of that stuff. Didn't know anything about it. You let somebody else do it all. There you go. So now if you learn how to do those things, yeah, you might get somebody to do it. But when you read that paper, you know how to read a financial statement. You understand what's going on. So I think it's just looking at it from a different lens. I do. You know, so for me, I think it's, it's great that the NIL deal 
and it's fairly young, just like the transfer portal. So I think in, in years to come, the transfer portal is going to be regulated a little bit more. You know, so at the end of the day, it's just like I said, for lack of better words, it's the wild, wild west right now on both regards the NIL and the transfer portal. All right, there you have it. Field of 68 off the carousel with new head coach for Jackson State. Back home, Mo Williams. Good stuff. Good stuff, Mo. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com